On November 24, 1971, a man by the name of Dan Cooper bought a one-way ticket for a short 30-minute flight from Portland to Seattle. After the crew understood that he had a bomb on board, they followed his instructions, which seemed to be filled with insider knowledge. After the plane landed, everyone except the crew left, and Cooper was brought $200,000 and four parachutes. The plane took off again, and somewhere around 30 minutes later, it's believed that Cooper jumped out of the back of the plane. The official story is that he died that night, but no body was ever found. When he got on a plane in Portland, Oregon last night, he was just another passenger who gave his name as D.A. Cooper. But today, after hijacking a Northwest Airlines jet, ransoming the passengers in Seattle, then making a getaway by parachute somewhere between there and Reno, Nevada, the description on one wire service, master criminal. Bill Curtis reports. This story takes place before the age of vaccine passports or even metal detectors in the airport. Getting on a flight was like buying a ticket to the movies. You would go to the gate, pay for your ticket in cash, and then get on board the plane. You could smoke on the flight and everybody dressed up. This glamorous time was known as the golden era of skyjacking. That's what happened. Using the name Dan Cooper, a very average looking man in a suit and a skinny tie bought a plane ticket. 36 passengers got off the jetliner in Seattle last night, left aboard four crew members and the hijacker, dressed in a business suit demanding $200,000 and carrying a plane briefcase which he told the crew held explosives. You'd probably know him better as D.B. Cooper. But it wasn't until he made headlines and was incorrectly called D.B. Cooper that the name stuck. But it doesn't really matter because nobody knows his real name anyways. And while all witness accounts match up with what he looked like, he was very smart about not giving away too much information. With the full ransom collected from Seattle banks and four parachutes aboard, the plane headed for Reno. It took three and a half hours, slow for a jet, but the hijacker had given detailed flight instructions. He was clever in lots of ways. Like he kept his ransom note, he made sure the crew didn't know where he jumped out of the plane, and he instructed all the windows to be shut just in case there were snipers looking for him. The crew was told to fly low over Oregon's flatlands with the flaps down. The speed dropped to 200 miles per hour. Somewhere, the hijacker parachuted away with the money. Some people think he may have been an insider based on the questions he asked. Like, was the flight on a Boeing 727? It was, but that's not something your average flyer would know or care about. Snow covers the mountains in Northern California and Nevada, a hostile terrain for any parachute drop, especially at night. He picked this flight on this plane based on his plan, which was to jump out of the stairs at the back. Authorities began their search here, thinking the hijacker may have jumped off at the end of the runway as the plane touched down. But the problem is more complex. He did exactly that. After the plane took off with no passengers, but some cash and parachutes, he told the crew to go into the cockpit and shut the door so they wouldn't know when or where D.B. Cooper parachutes out into the night sky. About 30 minutes after takeoff, they felt the plane bounce in a way that could only be described as someone jumping out of the back. So a few minutes later, one of the crew members went to see if D.B. Cooper was still there. What she found would shock you if it was on your flight. The rear loading ramp door was wide open. 
which is fine if you're Iron Man, but it's terrible if you're just trying to commute to Seattle on flight. The rear stairwell was open all the way. It arrived at Reno in shreds. Since that day, there have been all kinds of theories. Many revolve around him having some sort of insider knowledge. Just like when he asked for specific parachutes or what type of plane it was, he also instructed the pilot to fly low and slow. That's very low speed at a very low altitude. Which meant he may have known how a federal search would go. A plane flying in this way was too fast for helicopters, but also too slow for military jets. Another theory is that he's Canadian, based on a very obscure comic book featuring a character by the name of Dan Cooper. The other clue discovered recently is the name the hijacker used, Dan Cooper. Well, Dan Cooper was a French comic book character who flew airplanes really fast and jumped out of them in parachutes. And when you read this French comic, which has never been translated into English, you see this macho, rugged guy, this sort of Canadian... Royal Canadian Air Force G.I. Joe. When they were searching for D.B. Cooper, they pulled out all the stops. They had over 200 military personnel, air searches. They even did tests where they threw a dummy out of a plane to see where it would land. But nothing was ever found. He was pretty detailed with his cleanup. The only things left on the plane were a black clip-on tie, a mother-of-pearl tie clip, and eight cigarette butts. The old clip-on tie from J.C. Penney is said to be spotted with evidence, and it could now help solve a mystery that has stumped FBI investigators for more than 45 years. But in 1980, three packs of the $200,000 ransom were uncovered. Then the Dwayne Ingram family entered the picture last February. I was going to build a fire. And I had some wood in my arm, and I got ready to set it down, and my son ran up and said, wait a minute, Daddy. So he raked uh, a place out in the sand there, and there it was. It kind of tumbled up on the top. What his young son found was part of Cooper's loot, badly decomposed in bundles, still in the same order when packed nine years ago. This is $5,800 of cash, not a small amount, especially in 1971, where that $200,000 is worth nearly $1.5 million today. When they found this $5,800, the serial numbers matched, and they were in the exact same order as the authorities had packed them nine years ago. What happened? Did they fall out, or were they put there as a diversion? We will never know. One of the biggest changes to happen was to the Boeing 727. After a couple other copycat hijackers, the FAA ordered all 727s to be retrofitted with an aerodynamic wedge that prevents the rear stairs from being opened while in flight. This is appropriately named the Cooper Switch. Law officers in four western states this evening are searching for a man who is perhaps the most clever and certainly the most audacious airplane hijacker of all time. Believe it or not, there might be something else on your next flight, a package that will be out for delivery pretty soon. If you're an e-commerce merchant selling anything from jewelry to supplements to merchandise like I do, ShipBob can get your packages delivered. They have warehouses around the world, so you don't have to worry about expensive air freight, and you can offer two-day shipping in the U.S., meaning your customers get their products fast. Doesn't matter if they order on your website or through marketplaces like Walmart and Amazon. 